0: Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you? <laughs> well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me are my fellow hosts, Ariel. Hello. And Daniel. Hi there. And today we're going to be talking about Resident Evil Survivor.
1: I was waiting for you to pause so then I could say <laughs> Survivor.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. This is uh, this is an odd one to talk about. Why is it odd? Because uh, this is the first one that we actually get to see in the Resident Evil series as a shooter.
2: First, but not last. Ah, Take it away, Daniel. (laughs) All right, so this game is one of the first ones, as he stated, to be a shooter for the most part, like most arcade games. It also had the capability of using a gun controller that was only in the Japan version, as events in the United States did not allow us to get the gun version. As far as I'll go, if you want to look more into that, you can do that on your own. (laughs) The game is set in the isolated city of Sheena Island around November 1998, which seems to be a great year for Umbrella. So great. It is one of the first games that went from the fixed camera angles to first person view. It was re-released in March 2001 in Japan as part of the Capcom Collection. The game was also released for PC in Taiwan in 2002. This version allowed mouse aiming and had graphic filtering, although it is also known for being buggy, suffering from flat lighting, messed up sounds, low quality FMV cutscenes compared to the PS1, some enemies having messed up animations, or lacking general AI scripts. Huh.
0: So what is Good Japan's like, or we're just gonna send out a buggy version.
2: You'll get, you'll take what you get. People. You'll take that's...
0: what you get in Taiwan. Apparently, that's so. Ugh. But again, this was back in the day when it was released, and there wasn't a whole lot of criticism for the video games getting released back then.
2: Don't worry, it gets better for for them as well. We're oh? we're not done with their stuff. Oh? This version does not use real fonts. Oh my gosh. Instead, it uses images with text and alpha transparency, possibly due to the use of Chinese letters. It is also problematic in terms of installing and playing on modern systems.
0: On behalf of Capcom, we're sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I really can't say that because I don't speak for Capcom, but I'm sorry for them.
2: I appreciate that. (laughs) And that's what I really have. They didn't give much of a synopsis.
0: that's all right. So what do we got next?
1: Well, before we go into plot, I just want to say that we're just doing the one episode on this. There isn't a whole lot of content in this game Mm -hmm. for us to do the normal two episodes. So listeners, I'm just warning you ahead of time. This is going to be one episode on this game.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, but this is not a canon uh, storyline for the Resident Evil series.
2: I think it kind of is and isn't because I know when they re when they release Zero, they make a reference to Sheena Island, but that's really all you get. You don't get. Because it's happening later after Mm. the whole incident. So I think they connected it, but not enough to basically fall in the main story.
1: Yeah, and the reason we're covering this now is because of it taking place in 1998, sticking with the timeline of Mm. things. So that's why we are covering this now. So with that being said, let's talk plot. Woo, plot. So, the plot follows around an agent called Ark Thompson, who was requested by Leon S. Kennedy, my boy. Okay. Yup. To infiltrate an umbrella facility. He managed to breach security in the umbrella-controlled Sheena Island by impersonating the leader of the umbrella facility, Vincent Goldman. See, he's got some balls. (laughs) Yeah, he does.
2: (laughs) How do do the people just not know that... (laughs) what their boss looks like.
1: Right, (laughs) Goldman, after being told of Ark by a small boy Lot Klein causes an outbreak intentionally causing him to lose his memory and his train of thought. Thus the game begins with Ark not remembering who he is.
0: So what you're saying is there's a small child that ratted out Ark which caused the entire
2: events of this game. So it sounds like to me, too. Mm.
1: <laughs> Ark's journey through the island slowly leads him to believe he is Vincent Goldman and is responsible for ho- the horrible experiments conducted on the children brought to the island. Ark slowly learns of Vincent's actions and encounters a small boy named Lot and his sister Lily Klein. So. Not only did this small boy rat him out, this small boy was being experimented on or likely to be.
0: This this storyline gets more and more fucked as we go on.
1: (laughs) Right? (laughs) They at first run and attempted to attack Ark, but they slowly learn to trust him after Ark attempts to save Lot for his sister. Making his way through the city and into the tyrant plant, Ark encounters multiple B.O.W.'s on the island he must combat. This includes zombies, Cerberuses, Lickers, Hunters, and T-103s. So lots and lots of B.O.W.'s in this. In the Tyrant Plant, Vincent attempts to kill Ark, but is instead killed by the experimental Tyrant Hypnos T. type. After a brief battle, Ark appears to have killed the creature and continues on. Eventually, the boy and his sister are reunited and proceed to escape the island with Ark, who by now has remembered who he was and why he was on the island. They proceed to an elevator that takes them to a helipad for escape. The Hypnos-T-type tyrant has since then changed forms and attacks Ark again. After a small battle The creature finally turns into its third and final form After a battle on the helipad Ark finally appears to have killed the creature And proceeds to the helicopter for escape As the three fly off The creature tries to bring down their helicopter And jumps onto it Ark then fires two missiles at the creature Finally killing it for good the game ends with the scene of the helicopter flying into the distance. Ark telling the children that he doesn't know what will happen next. They can keep flying as long as they have fuel, because that's normally what you do—you keep flying until you. But you know. So that is all I have on plot. Not very long, but filled to the brim with BOWs.
0: So we're gonna we're gonna recap this. Ark invades, gets snarked out by a experimented on kid there because of this, one of the researchers completely botches everything, starts this massive infestation, makes Ark lose his memory, kid comes into play again and is still being a dick of a kid. And then helps Ark get his memory back, and then they escape, and it's all happily ever after.
1: Well, I mean...
0: (laughs) I don't like this kid.
1: (laughs) You have to feel for the kid. If he was taken to this island to be experimented on, because it clearly states that they experiment on children. Yeah. Why would he trust this guy coming? I mean, I don't know why he would trust Vincent, but uh, regardless, maybe to try to win some favor into not getting experimented on, I don't know, but... You feel for the kid. He's just a kid.
2: Oh, my goodness. Maybe he was just as confused because there was two Vincents at one point when Ark thought he was eh? (laughs) (laughs) Vincent.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Uh,
2: All right. Before we go any further, I
0: think it's important that we start talking about Sheena Island.
1: I agree. It's the first time coming here.
0: Yes. So a little bit of background history on Sheena Island before we get into Umbrella's Impact. So before Umbrella came in and basically took everything over, Sheena Island was a small island with a very small population, and it was already a fast, in a fascist state. So not hard for Umbrella to come in and promise a lot of pretty things and take over the government, which is exactly what they did. When Umbrella came in, the economy was lower than all, and the the members of the government there had no idea what they were going to do to save their people. Umbrella came in like a shining star and offered jobs and money and all kinds of things. And so, of course, the government was like, whatever you want. So that's exactly what happened. Umbrella started to set up shop. They started setting things up like local karaoke bars and arcade bars and movie theaters and things like this. And the economy started to boom again. Now, it's important to note that all these facilities were able to be used by both government and civilian Counterparts, but the government had priority. So at any point in time when Umbrella said jump, everybody said, how high? It's important to note that because Umbrella started to incorporate its own belief system into the fascist government. So all its ideals of, you know, Umbrella's life itself and, you know, all the core beliefs of Umbrella that we talked about before in an earlier episode, they started to establish in the fascist state and people started to believe it. So that's where we dive into the events of where we're at now. Um, In 1998, when Umbrella had its sudden death of its appointed commander, they replaced the commander with Vincent Goldman. Now, at this point, he was a very ruthless, tyrannical person, which we'll get into later when we start talking about characters. But he built the... The T 103 facility below Sheena Island. And during that, there was a huge coup in 1998. There's a huge coup um, where he single handedly assassinated anybody who was against him. And because of this, this is about the same time where Ark Thompson comes into play. Now, when all of this happens and everything's done basically at the end of this sheena island is no more because when goldman took over he literally leveled everything underneath of it to create his facilities so at this point sheena island no longer exists and that is the very brief history of sheena island (laughs) so all right so we've got our plot out of the way what do you got for us next daniel
2: I will go with Lot first, the boy that causes all the trouble. <laughs> so, Lot Klein was a child living on Sheena Island with his sister, Lily. He was one of the three survivors of the Sheena Island outbreak, alongside his sister and the detective, Ark Thompson. Lot was born in the mid 1980s and was raised on Sheena Island, a private owned island and administrated by the Umbrella Corporation. His father was chief of the gene application engineering laboratory on the island. Due to the authoritarian government by Umbrella, the residents were brainwashed to believe that Umbrella's researchers were saviors turning low-status outsiders into decent people. They were, of course, ignorant as to reality. Umbrella had abducted youths from across the globe to be dissected for their raw materials. That's a little creepy. Uh, Yeah Lot was tainted with Umbrella's racial supremacy doctrine Which states it is natural for superior humans to control those who are inferior When it was discovered that Commander Vincent Goldman had personally executed the prison inmates As they made an escape attempt Lot began to question Umbrella's moral compass So you you know waits until after Mm -hmm. there's a second Vincent Goldman probably (laughs) Oh no not yet Soon after, Lot discovered Ark Thompson, a private investigator sent by Leon Scott Kennedy to spy on Umbrella. He worked out that the man was a spy when he posed as Vincent Goldman to Andy Holland, a new employee working in the sewers. So he lost his memory, thought he was Vincent Goldman, and Lot was like, hey, this guy's an awesome spy because he's, he's acting like the guy.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the kids are just as oblivious to so this is... <laughs>
1: keep in mind he's a kid
2: we'll see I mean it said 80s was when he was born so he's gotta be in his teens I would think still a kid still a kid alright you can you can vouch for him all you want (laughs) let's see here having met the real Vincent in person Lot reported the imposter directly to him so he's like oh this guy's a great skip by and then he goes nah I'm gonna tell on him During late November, Sheena Island felt the sting of the T virus as much as Raccoon City had experienced months before. The city went into a frenzy of panic, with many once amiable scientists transforming into mindless zombies. Much to the confusion of the young Lot, however, tragedy hit close to home when his mother and father came under the effects of the virus, causing the two children to flee and fend for themselves. Lot armed himself with an aluminum baseball bat, and after finding a safe place for Lily to hide, went in search for a way to escape. While examining the sewer, he came into contact with the amnesic Ark, fearing that Ark may have a vendetta with him. Lot became defensive, threatening Ark before escaping. Soon afterwards, after not finding any sort of escape within the sewers, Lot returned to his sister, whom he found confronted by Ark. Lot swiftly attacked him unaware of his amnesia and escaped with his sister to their home. After securing her within their bedroom, he made his way to the tyrant plant where he understood there was a tram system heading out somewhere else. In the facility he came into contact with the hunter. Though Lot tried to fight it with his bat, he was overwhelmed and shoved over a side railing, barely managing to grab onto the side. Ark managed to save him in the nick of time and questioned Lot's motives. I would have questioned away earlier if I would have known what was going on, but. <laughs> Lot, shocked at Ark's amnesia, confessed to his accusation and apologized. With Ark's forgiveness, he went back to his house to fetch Lily, and the three of them made it to the train, leading toward a helicopter. However, celebration was short lived when the tyrant confronted them before takeoff. Ark ordered them to escape while they handled the tyrant, successfully bringing it down. Though they managed to escape, the tyrant grabbed onto the leg of the helicopter, which Ark quickly dispatches with a rocket. But the three finally free, they flew to safety. And that's what I have on Lot, since we don't know what happened after.
1: That's a lot on Lot.
2: All right, so we will cover Lot's sister, Lily Klein. She was also a citizen on the planned community on Sheena Island. I wonder why, because it's her brothers there. <laughs> she was born around 1990. Lily grew up being brainwashed by Umbrella's supremacist values. She lived in a house against the ditch with her gentle mother, burly father, and her brother, Lot, which we know for his tattletaling. In late November 1998, Sheena Island fell to a T-virus outbreak. She obeyed her parents' instructions prior to their deaths and fled with her brother to safety. Dressed in bare applique, Overalls, she spent the better part of two days hiding in the Umbrella Office building in the City Center, waiting for Lot to return with help. Lily was discovered by Ark Thompson as she played with the facility's computer, playing voice-recorded messages from Commander Vincent Goldman's mother. Terrified by the stranger, she ran from Ark, who was then forced away by Lot. The two children ran back to their house. Lot hid her in their nursery as he set off to gain access to the city's subway system. Ark found her as he searched her house and eventually succeeded in convincing her he wasn't going to hurt her. Lily later joined with Lot and Ark as they teamed up together to reach the heliport on the other side of the subway line. They got to the helicopter and took off as the island's facilities exploded. And that's all I've got on Lily. Both children alive, according to Capcom's biographies. <laughs>
1: What's our blood types, Daniel?
2: It doesn't give me any, unfortunately. <laughs> Damn. I can make up some if you'd like.
0: Uh, I don't think making up any would
2: <laughs> help I mean, in this matter. I mean, Capcom hack time doesn't use a positive or a negative, so I think I'm very well versed in making up things.
0: Uh, right, well, I think this is a good time for us to go to our mid-break, and then afterwards we'll discuss the remaining characters and B.O.W.s well here we are in the middle of the show and the first thing we gotta do is thank our patrons so our patrons are Anthony Bellotti Remington Cloutier, Chris Slate Wolslur, and Isaiah Davis and the next episode we do we're gonna have both Isaiah Davis and Wolfsleur on because it is our patron episode woohoo Woohoo! <laughs> Yay. but no seriously thank you all for being patrons you're all wonderful and we're working on some very special awards for each one of your tiers coming soon it's gonna it's taking a lot of work and we're getting through it but thank you all
1: thank you thanks
0: so on to our middle info things I don't know <laughs> it
2: varies from week to it week it varies from week to week
0: But let's start with Ariel. What'd you bring for us this week?
1: Well, I read an article. Uh Uh-oh. Like I normally do. (laughs) Because I, unlike some people, Aaron, like to read. (laughs) I hate reading. (laughs) Anyways, this article comes from GamesRadar. And the title of it is, New Leak Suggests Resident Evil 4 VR Will Get Free Mercenaries DLC Next Year. Ooh! Yes, it looks like fan-favorite Mercenaries mode is coming to Resident Evil 4 VR. (sighs) Though not formally confirmed by Capcom. In fact, there's been no formal mention of Mercenaries at all at this point. Biohazard Cast spotted a teaser advertising that the new mode is coming to the Oculus Quest 2 exclusive VR port next year. The video has, naturally now been unlisted and then promptly set to private, but not before Resident Evil YouTube site Biohazard Declassified. Grabbed it, downloaded it, and re-uploaded it for our viewing pleasure.
0: Oh, I love those guys. Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) If you jump to 21 seconds in the teaser, you'll see the mercenaries arriving in 2022. Beneath which reads, free update on MetaQuest 2. And I am pretty excited about it.
0: Yeah, because the VR, Resident Evil 4 VR is pretty awesome.
1: It is. And adding mercenaries to that would be great. And on top of that, if they keep adding these things, guess what they might bring back? Chicago typewriter. Chicago typewriter. (laughs) Which I really hope they do because that's my favorite weapon in (laughs) 4.
0: Well... What would you bring this week, Daniel?
2: Well, I wonder if people are getting tired of merchandise because I'm bringing more. (laughs) So, keeping with Resident Evil Survivor, it's not based on the game, but it is a t-shirt that has Survivor in the title. So, it's called Raccoon City Survivor's t-shirt. It is on tpublic.com. It is sold by Metters Triathlete, and it's got both... Claire and Leon on the face of this. Leon's wearing his RPD uniform, and Claire's wearing her classic Resident Evil 2 uniform. And it looks like currently is fourteen dollars for the next. I think it was thirty hours before it goes back up to twenty dollars. Has a bunch of different colors and sizes you can get, and I'm not sure exactly for shipping, but we will post that in the Discord and in the show notes Mm -hmm. anywhere else that you get this information for the podcast.
0: (laughs) Well, in keeping with merchandise this week, I brought some merchandise on my own. Um, This is from merchroyd.com and right now if you go there, they have the Resident Evil 2 a lion, maiden, and unicorn coins or the medallion coins um for sale for $21.99 and it is a very limited stock according to the website it says only 5,000 will be produced of each coin worldwide so better rush out there and get them (laughs) but uh yeah we'll have links for those in the show notes and on the discord but with that i think it's time to go to the end of the show Well, here we are at the end of the show. Mm. And I believe Ariel has our characters for this one.
1: Let's talk about Ark Thompson, which also does not mention his blood type.
0: No oh, blood types for you. He
1: was an American private detective whose investigation of umbrella pharmaceuticals led to the bioweapons incident on Sheena Island. Thompson infiltrated Sheena Island sometime in October 1998 on the request of U.S. Stratcom agent Leon S. Kennedy, a personal friend of his. He could be a personal friend of mine, too. That'd be fine. It was suspected that Umbrella was performing illegal bioweapons research on the island, and discovering the nature of that research was important. Thompson's investigation took place during a deterioration in order on the island, which we've talked about. When Thompson was seen impersonating Commander Goldman by a young child, Lot, the commander was informed and came to the incorrect conclusion Thompson has been set by HQ to obtain proof of his crimes. Oh snap! and had the tyrant plant's bioweapons released into the town to eradicate its population as punishment. During the outbreak, Thompson infiltrated Umbrella's administrative building and began destroying sensitive documents relating to BOW research to prevent their seizure. He was caught in the act by Commander Goldman, who chased him to the helipad. Though Thompson was able to commandeer his helicopter, Goldman pursued him by grabbing hold of the landing skids. The helicopter soon after lost control and crashed into the town. Goldman himself was incapacitated after falling several stories while Thompson was rendered amnesiac. So that's how he lost his memory. Okay. Armed with a handgun, he travels back into the island city trying to explain what happened to him, finding an unconscious Vincent in the street, clutching the dog tags. This leads him to assume that the man on the ground is Ark. He finds the city overrun with zombies, using his gun to defend himself, but he presses on to discover the truth. A phone call from Andy, coupled with photographs at Andy's workplace, convince Ark that he really is Vincent, and thereby responsible for the horrible acts performed on the island. He also finds fellow survivors Lot and Lily Klein, who both know the truth of his identity but refuse to trust him due to his fear to be punished by him for telling Vincent that he was a spy. So, see, he wasn't a bad kid. Jeez, both of you are just awful. a narc. <laughs> <sighs> <clears throat> he protects both children from the island zombies tyrants, and other creatures at numerous points, finally convincing Lot to confide in Ark about his identity. Ark's memories surge back, and he recalls his mission to put the Umbrella facility out of commission. Ark and the Klein children locate an emergency helicopter in the facility, but a prototype for a new kind of tyrant, named the Hypnos T-Type, stands between them. He manages to hold the beast off before joining the children in the helicopter, with the Hypnos T-Type and hot pursuit. Flying above the island, they discover the tyrant managed to grasp onto the helicopter, attempting to kill the three inside. Ark then uses the chopper's missile launchers to finally obliterate the tyrant, and he, Lot, and Lily fly back towards the mainland. And that is what I have on Ark. So let's go into... The big baddie of this game, Vincent Goldman. Vincent Goldman was the commander of the Umbrella facilities on Sheena Island. He was a young, cold hearted elite of the Umbrella Corporation who would do anything to extend his authority. Kind of sounds like a Wesker wannabe. Working with Umbrella, Goldman had his colleagues murdered to aid his own promotion through management. His mother was aware of his dark deeds and pleaded with him to leave Umbrella and come home. Goldman was assigned as commander of Sheena Island somewhere before August 1998 in response to the sudden and unexpected death of his predecessor. His most important responsibility was the management of a secret tyrant plant on the island where various kidnapped adolescents were taken to and killed in order to extract b serotonin hormones needed for the hypnose T-type development. After his handling of an attempted prison breakout by the surviving teenagers by personally executing each failed escapee in cold blood, the local population began to turn on him, as they should. At one point, wiretapping was used to find incriminating evidence necessary to have Umbrella remove him. His brutal operations would reach critical levels in late November when a boy called Lot Klein informed him of a spy impersonating him. To rid the island of his problems, he intentionally released the T-virus into the populace, along with a number of T-103s. His plan was to escape when Undertaker units arrived to destroy evidence of the outbreak, including murdering survivors. Once he had escaped, he would reap the profit by claiming it was an accident. So, real great guy. Oops. (laughs) Right. During the outbreak, he somewhat tracked down Ark Thompson inside the Umbrella's main office on the island and asked him if he was the spy that Locke talked about earlier. Ark pushed him and managed to escape to a helicopter on the building terrace. Vincent recklessly grabbed on the helicopter and shot it, making it explode in midair. Both Vincent and Ark survived, but Vincent fell unconscious for several minutes. When Ark saw the fall of Vincent, he left him behind, thinking he was dead. If Ark passes by the hospital, it is shown that Vincent successfully managed to return to the main office after the helicopter crash, and he will see by the camera feed that Ark is still alive. To get rid of the spy, he will then release the island creatures after him. It is not shown what exactly Vincent released after Ark, but probably are the tyrants and or hunters. Later, if the player chooses this way, Vincent will follow Ark to the tyrant plant and eventually die by the claws of a newly released experimental tyrant designated Hypnose T-Type. If the player doesn't go by the hospital, Vincent is never shown again after the helicopter crash and his fate is not revealed. So that is what I have on our good old boy, Vincent. He's a great guy.
0: He's definitely a uh, Wesker wannabe.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, with our characters out of the way, let's talk B.O.W.'s.
2: So there's really only two that we need to cover. So we'll go over the ones that are in previous games. So
0: our returning champions.
2: Yes. So (laughs) the ones that are returning first are, of course, the -the run-of-the-mill zombies, the Cerberus, the Lickers, the crows that are Aaron's favorite. I'm always going to say that every time I heard. (laughs) The Hunters, Large Roaches, Giant Moths. Some of these are Aerials. Uh... Giant alligators, giant spiders, the black tiger, which is another spider, and the ivies and the T, one of the three tyrants. The two new ones are the UT troopers, which are otherwise known as the Undertaker troopers. Mm. The Undertaker unit, more commonly referred to as the Trash Sweepers, was a special forces unit operated by Umbrella. The trash sweepers were tasked with the removal of any evidence of Umbrella's bio-organic weaponry. The majority of the soldiers were ironically bioweapons themselves, so-called cleaners. Their commanding officers, however, are humans. In 1998, these units were deployed on Sheena Island under the command of a human commander to eliminate all BOWs and, yeah. and any possible witness to the incident. The island was eventually destroyed. It is unknown if any of the cleaners or the commander himself made it out of the island. So, yeah, these guys were very usable. Like, three, they were throwaway, basically. <laughs> They're throwaway people. Yeah, if you don't make it, not our problem. Just, just get the job done. And that's what I have on them.
1: So, I have... The very shiny-looking Hypnos T-type tyrant. He is actually very shiny-looking. Anyways, in its original form, Hypnos T-type resembled a genderless and hairless youth with smooth white skin. The only visible mutations were confined to one arm, which was discolored and slightly larger than the opposite limb. Its fingers also ended in small claws that could be used for stabbing attacks. In the second form, the tyrant's mutations became more prominent with a mouthful of fangs and much larger claws on its larger arm. Its muscle mass increased slightly, most notably on the upper body and left arm, with a visible bulge where the heart was beginning to expand. In this state, Hypnos could run at high speeds and viciously slash its opponents. It could also perform a downward strike. And most dangerous attack was a powerful jumping strike performed at a distance. Ooh. And its final form. Hypnos T-type suffered through a form of hypertonia, becoming a bestial, hunched, primate-like monster. Because of the excessive muscle growth, the tyrant was rendered vulnerable, with the heart becoming exposed as is common in its brethren. It also lost much of its intelligence, rendering it little more than a wild animal. These new weaknesses didn't make it any less agile, however, and it was able to protect the exposed heart by shielding it with its claws. The Hypnos T-type was an experimental model of tyrant, seen at Sheena Island's tyrant plant. It is named after the Greek god of sleep. Ooh. And that is what I have on the Hypnos T-type tyrant.
0: I think it's interesting that it's named after the Greek god for sleep, especially since Sheena Island is in Europe. So this game, it sounds like there's a lot of European influence within the history and the naming culture around the
2: uh, new variants.
1: So shiny.
2: (laughs) Maybe it's because it uh, puts you to sleep permanently.
0: Oh boy. (laughs) Now I do want to make note since we've talked about a lot of different variants of tyrants. I do want to make note that a lot of the tyrants mutations end up being the same. They get one big giant claw their heart slowly gets to be exposed more as they evolve. But there's one tyrant in the entire batch that does not mutate the same. And that would be the Nemesis.
1: Probably because Nemesis has its own Nemesis parasite in it.
0: That's exactly why. It's because of the Nemesis parasite being its own brain, essentially. It doesn't mutate in the same way as the other tyrants. I
1: mean, still big and ugly. Oh, of course. (laughs)
0: Um, While we're on the topic of tyrants, I think it's important to also mention in this game, it is one of the... uh, It is the only game in the Resident Evil series that can hold the title of having the most tyrants featured.
1: Well, I mean, there would only be one game that has the title of most, so...
0: (laughs) Uh, but all that being said unfortunately for this game there's no secrets uh, that I was able to find and the only unlockable is you can un- unlock the rocket launcher if you complete with an S-rank on normal mode that's about it for the unlockables it's 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 a pretty straightforward game to be honest I felt like this one was kind of more of a information drop than anything else. and kind of like a filler because we talked about Resident Evil Europe a lot in the previous games but there wasn't a whole lot of information drop about Europe and I feel like that's why I said I feel like this one is more of a filler like to drop all that info on us
2: that maybe since it was Capcom's first move into the first person shooters Mm -hmm. part of it maybe they were more focused on that
0: yeah yeah well with all that being said and we've discussed everything there is to talk about with Survivor I think we're at the end of the episode. So now it's time for your ratings. Daniel, what do you got?
2: Well, I'm going to give it four out of five because there's a lot of BOWs to fight and I do like BOWs. We're just losing the one because there's no Rebecca. I've been disappointed since the beginning. You're never going to get your Rebecca again. Well, maybe. (laughs) She did give me hope. So maybe Uh... we'll
1: get one. I am going to give this a five out of five.
0: Because Leon's mentioned?
1: Would you let me talk? Sheesh. But you're (laughs) right. Because Leon, my boy Leon, sent the main character.
0: Oh, goodness.
1: On an errand. And I did like the um, huge amount of VOWs that were in it. I did enjoy that. Lots of, lots and lots of it. As much as you hate it, you love it. So anyways, and I liked the story. So, yeah. you know, five out of five. Good game. Go play it if you can, because it's not really good with uh, new gen consoles. <laughs> so yeah,
0: We already learned that from Daniel. <laughs> um, so I guess I'm going to be the one who gives the fair rating here.
1: Uh- <laughs> I gave a fair amount like a fair description after I said my boy Leon
0: so I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5 and the reason I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5 is because well number 1 this is the first you know shooter version of the Resident Evil series that we see but I feel like a little bit more work could have gone into it and the length of the game is very short it's a very short lived game and there's not a whole lot of unlockables or replay value within the game Sure you can make choices and things but You know you could do that in two playthroughs And you're done The second reason I'm giving it a 3 out of 5 For the bad reasons Is because Again I felt like it was a very rushed game There's not a whole lot of secrets Or anything like that And again it takes away from the replay The replay value However To piggyback off of what Ariel said It did have a good storyline For how short it was it was a good storyline what we come to expect from Capcom is excellent story progression and great stories. So, you know, we gotta be fair here. And it did give us a little bit more information on the Island and a little bit more on umbrella Europe. So that was pretty cool too. So that's my three out of five hunks.
1: I feel like you only gave that rating because you wanted to be different from us
0: <laughs> or fair.
1: <laughs> I was completely fair. Oh I was goodness. Fair.
0: Well, I guess that's the end of the episode. So, I guess it's time to say thanks again to our patrons and to our wonderful listeners. And we'll see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RELurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger. What up to Night City? You're listening to N54 Radio. This is DJ Sparks bringing you a new hit show from Night City, Cyberpunk, a Cyberpunk Red Live Play podcast. Listen as a ragtag group slamming on the corpos, survive the streets, and try to keep from being flatlined. You can tune in on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. DJ Sparks out! Hello, this is Charlie Transmutation coming to you with another PSA announcement. No, Charlie, this is a commercial. What? Crap. Nobody told me that. Well, what are you supposed to do in this thing anyway? Well, Charlie, I'm glad you asked. This is the part where we introduce our new homebrew 5e D&D podcast, The Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit, where we explore the homebrew world of Alteris using homebrew rules and homebrew material from the Dungeon Master's Guild.
2: Yeah, that was boring.
0: I'm out of here. See you later, Charlie. We hope to have you guys come check us out soon. You can
1: find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts.